Welcome to the Brand Builders Love Podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, business and mindset coach and the creator of the Bold Business Academy and the Amplify Mastermind. Right here on this podcast, we'll inspire you to become a bold and powerful voice in your industry and claim your space with courage and confidence. You can be bold and go against the grain to become the creative rebel you want to be. Forget average, it's time to level up. Hey, lovely. Welcome back to the podcast this week. Amazing to have you here. I have got another fabulous interview for you today. Guest on the podcast, Lisa Carms. She is the creator and the event manager and the founder of the Blonde Campaign. And she talks all things events. Now, as you may know, I started my business in events. You know I love a good event. I love pressing the flesh and saying hi and networking and speaking at events and all the rest of it. And so events have actually been really instrumental in how I've grown my business and how I continue to connect with my community as well. So even though events aren't a major part of my business at the moment like they used to be, I still run retreats and I still run conferences and I still run supper club, which is one of my favorite things to do. And so today, Lisa is coming onto the podcast to share all the ways that you can grow your business with events. And I love the framework that she gives in this episode, which is really going to help you to understand what your goals are and know whether events or the events that you're going to run are hitting the goals and the outcomes that you want, which I think is really important to do. So I am excited to share this episode with you. Listen, without further ado, let's just dive straight in. Lisa, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thank you, Suze. I'm so excited to be here with you. And we're talking about one of my favorite topics as well, which is events. As many people know, I started my business in events. You know, I love a good event. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love it? <laughs> so, so good. And obviously like you're, you were in BBA and you've been at retreats and all the rest of it. So I know that you've obviously come through your career in events as well. So that's why I wanted to get you on the podcast because I love events, but I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm probably a little bit nervous if I'm honest about kind of getting back into it. So I wanted Mm. you to come on the podcast today and talk all about using events. I almost want to say 2023 and beyond because we don't want to talk about the past Mm -mm. um, and how we can use it to grow our business. So for those of my audience who don't know you, lovely Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. Well, I am an event creator from Melbourne. I've been running events for my whole corporate career. And funnily enough, I was just thinking about about it the other day, like what sparked me to get into this um, industry. And I remember when I was in year 12, sitting down with my careers counsellor, going through the courses that I would apply for at uni. And he looked at me and he said to me, you know what? You're actually a really good event manager. And I was like, okay. And he said, well, look, you know, you're very methodical in the way you approach things and you're very organised and you're a lot of fun and you love people. Like he said, I think that that would be a really great career for you. So I thought, okay, sure, that sounds really fun. What the hell? So, wow. Um, yeah, and it's so funny when someone can see that in you. Like, you don't, you know, I would never have known or have thought that, but him sparking that idea in my mind, I was like instantly obsessed. 
And so I actually did go on to do a Bachelor of Business and majoring in marketing and event management. And so, yeah, so I've had the fundamentals of business and marketing and event management and project management really like circulating around my brain since I was like 18 years old. Which was obviously like only, you know, five, seven years ago. (laughs) Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. I love it. And so what was your first, what was your first kind of job out of Mm. doing that course? Yeah, sure. So funnily, like with my course, you needed to have a year of work experience or amount of hours of work experience. So while I was even at uni, I worked on some of the coolest projects with some of the most awesome businesses here in Australia. And one of the highlights for me was working for Jetstar. And um, just to validate that it wasn't only five years ago, this is when Jetstar, <laughs> Jetstar just launched. They just okay. launched here in Australia. So they flew me around to every single capital city in Australia and we launched the brand through activations and through events and things like that. So it was a really awesome experience. How did you get that job? They just recruited uni students. Oh, wow. And so they specifically were recruiting recruiting students that were doing events. And so I was just really lucky. And I went through a proper interview process, mm. but um, I was just one of the lucky few that were chosen. And so it really sparked a lot of passion in me, actually, because it really sparked my passion for travel and my passion for events and marketing and branding and all that kind of stuff as well. So it was very cool. And I so I did that and I, do, I did a few other cool jobs. But when I finished uni, my first job was actually working for the University of Melbourne and working um, not specifically in events, but in projects, um, they would run customized courses, basically. Mm. So it's more like running conferences and seminars and things like that. So that's where I really got my experience running business type events, which was very cool. And I found that, you know, having that foundation of learning in a really methodical way through events and project management, it's really shaped the way my brain works. And so I'm very lucky that I can see the bigger picture and then zone in to like get quite granular in terms of the tasks that need to be done and when they need to be done by. So that just really helps me with the work that I do. So Yeah, that's so good. And it's definitely a skill. Like some people Mm. have it and Mm. some people don't. Um, I feel like I have it, even though I don't want it sometimes as in like, I ha- yeah. I can do it, but I'm like, I would much rather somebody else be doing like all of those things. Of course. Well, it just depends on, well, for you, it just depends on, you know, you're running this event, mm. but you want to focus on the bigger picture yeah. things, right? So then it's really important to have someone come in there and take care of those logistics for you. Yeah. But for me, it wasn't until about 12 years ago when I moved to the UK, I moved to the UK and to live and work. And that's where I really unlocked my real passion for events. Because um, as soon as I landed, I hit the ground running and I started working almost instantly, just like trying to earn a quid like everyone else. Um, And I was really fortunate to score a really cool job with a law firm in London. And it wasn't until I went to the job interview and I sat outside this enormous building on Fleet Street in London that I realized the magnitude of the business that was in there. And it was the UK's top law firm. Right. It was amazing. But so I, I scored a role in their business development team running their client events. And for the first time, I was 
planning an event with the complete buy-in of the top partners of the firm. Mm. You know, like working here in Australia with my experience with organisations that I work with, without doubt, every day I hear, Lisa, let's not over-engineer this. It's just an event. Mm. But, But when I went to the UK, events were such an integral part of their business development strategy. Yeah. Right. So I was having weekly meetings with top partners of the top law firm in London talking about events. Mm. And they wanted to know all, like the whole, all aspects of the event and how it was run and who is going to be there and like the high level staff and also the granular stuff too. So that really just opened me up to understanding the true power of events and what impact it can have on your business. But do you know why it was important to them? It's because of their brand position in the market. And I talk about this all the time, is that when you want to create exceptional experiences, when you see yourself as the Chanel instead of the Kmart, when you want to create something that you know is actually going to bring you business, connect you at a higher level with your clients, then it is super important. All of those details, it is super important. And so I think that it absolutely, events are just an extension of your brand experience. Absolutely. And they also understand the power of relationship building, right? So events um, at its heart is about connection. And it's about connecting people, but it's also about connecting, like you said, your brand to your audience Mm. and creating that experience. And they just get that, right? And so, yeah, it it was a a really pivotal pivotal experience for Mm. me and really shifted the way that I saw events. And so I was able to bring that knowledge back home here and, um, yeah, help businesses here do that, replicate that as well. I love it. So when did you start your own business? I actually started my own business um, in 2021, I believe. So really in the heart of lockdown, which mm-hmm. is probably not the smartest idea to well, you start. know, you could get your foundations in place <laughs> and not be too busy at the time. Exactly, exactly. Um, I was really burnt out working in corporate and I think COVID just pushed me over the edge. And so um, I was at this point in my um, life where I was like homeschooling my kid. I had another three-year-old running around, like trying to keep him calm. And then I also had the job as well. And I just, just, I just couldn't, it was just all too much. Mm. So I actually left the job with no intention of starting my own business. But typical me, I can't sit still. (laughs) And I decided to start freelancing. And what did freelancing look like for me at that time? I really had no idea. So for me, it was like, I know I can do marketing. I can run events. There's no events. That's okay. Let's focus on marketing. So I started to push it like I was going to become a bit of a a marketing agency. Um, But it's not really where my passion lies. Mm. And it was actually at that point, very, very early on, that I joined the BBA, Mm. right? And so going through that program, actually helped me define what I wanted to do, Mm. right? Yeah, I still remember the call where we were talking about, you know, the different revenue streams and like who you wanted to work with and all the different events that they put on. And yeah, I still remember that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it really helped me just get really clear on what I wanted to do. 
And so it was, you know, then I was like, really, that's it. This is what I want to do. I want to run events. Mm. And so from then on, I started freelancing and working for other small businesses and helping them run their events. Um, And so just got a lot of experience working with, you know, a lot of different businesses Mm. and a lot of different industries as well. Um, And so, yeah, that's how it all started. Amazing. I love that. So, Mm. so good. And I love seeing you so busy now, which is so good. I'm like, look at you in Sydney and Melbourne and events here and there. It's so good. I love a good event as well. But listen, what I wanted to talk about today is, I guess, like how we can start to reimagine events, think Mm. about events like 2023 and beyond, because obviously we've had a few years where that's just not been the case. And I think that, uh, you know, I guess people maybe are not as confident when it comes to putting on events, selling tickets, all the rest of it. So I'd love to have a conversation about that. What are you seeing now within the small business area when it comes to events? Sure. So I definitely feel like small businesses are really ready to go with events. I think that a lot of people are starting to really understand the value of events, in-person events in particular, um, because we haven't had that in-person connection for such a long time. And so I do see businesses are really ready to go, but I feel that maybe the expectations are, are a little bit high in terms of the attendance. So the people coming through, yeah, um, you know, as so, in as in they expect more people than what are coming through. Okay, I, yes, that's what I have found. So, um, so and there are plenty of events out there now. You know, if you are if you want to network, if you want to attend a business event, there are a lot going. There's a lot going on, especially in March. March is a very busy month for business events. Mm. Um, so it's just about businesses really trying to. Um, differentiate their event from anything else that's happening out there to attract the right people to come. Mm. But it's also about understanding that there is still some reluctance from attendees to attend events. Why do you think that is? Because I see that as well, which I guess is why I was sort of saying at the beginning that I think people want to do events, but there's definitely a little bit of resistance or hesitation from even event organizers. But I think that that's the reason is because I saw a lot of people advertising for events recently. And I know that selling tickets was really hard, but I'm like, but are we all just itching to get out? I think some of us are itching to get out and itching to be back. (laughs) No, it's not just you. But what I think also is that having that time away from events, I think that there's a certain um, type of person that it's going to take a little bit more time Mm. for them to get that confidence to get back out there again. Because when we think about business events, one of the main drivers for people to attend is to network, right? And so it's to socialize. And I think that maybe a, there are a few people who are still not quite there yet in terms of their confidence in getting out. So there's you a think bit people more. People are just comfortable. I think it's like they've been comfortable for so long. It's like, it's fine. I don't need to, yeah. Well, yeah, that's interesting because, yeah, I do. I think people are comfortable, but what they're going to find is the longer they leave it, they are soon going to realise that in-person events, networking is not going anywhere and we're going to have to get good at it again. 
Mm. Right. And from a business's perspective, we need to reimagine what that experience is going to look like for everybody because it has changed quite significantly since COVID. And so what I've noticed is, yes, the the businesses are having um, high expectations in terms of attendance. Um, And so you always get about a 20% attrition rate from from your um, registrations. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed the last few events that I've run have only had about 75 to 80 people where they expected 150. So just back up for a second, Lisa. Mm. So what kind of events? Are these like free events or are these paid events? Or these so some of them are ticketed events, yeah. but at a very low cost. But say, for example, one of the events that I worked on last week has um the client has got an extremely engaged audience, mm. an extremely engaged community, mm. right? And so they definitely expected more people to register to come to this is one of their first in-person events since COVID. Mm. And so whilst they expected 150 registrations, they only got 100 and only 80 people actually showed up. But people didn't pay to go for, to, the, to that. That one was a pay. But the, that was a pay. That was a ticketed event. Oh, it was. Okay. It was, yeah. It was a low cost, yeah. but it was still ticketed. But I see such an um, opportunity there, right, because the purpose of the event was for the connection. It's that connection piece, Mm. right? And so I think that you could really use that to your advantage. You're having a smaller crowd, which will enable you to make a bigger impact with them um, and have that time to circulate the room and really connect with people individually. Mm. So there are always... There are always pros and cons to the levels of attendance, but it's always worth looking at the positives and trying to really um, make the most of the time that you've got with the people that you've got in the room. Yeah. And I guess one of the things that I wanted to talk about today are the types of events and I guess the purposes of those events. And one of the big things that I know that I speak to clients about and that I'm always thinking about is the balance between the networking and having the event and the profitability mm-hmm. of the event, either at the event or post the event. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about like the different types of events and what the purpose of those events are and maybe how we can start to think about them. Yeah. Well, I think that's really important what you say, Suze, about the purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So for every business that's thinking about running an event or making events as part of their business strategy, you need to first and foremost think about the purpose of that specific event. And I I want you to think about the strategic purpose, okay? So what is the impact on your business that you want that event to make, Mm. right? So you have that and then you need to think about your event goals, right? So to be able to measure the success of your event, you need to actually set some really specific and measurable goals And then you'll be able to measure the success. And you talk about profitability. And so for a lot of people, they're running events that aren't making a financial profit. But what I want you to think about is what are the other returns on investment Mm. that you can make through this event, right? Mm. And that can be identified through your purpose, through your goals, And the last thing that I want you to think about when you're planning out this high-level strategy for your event 
is what is the call to action? What do you want your guests to go now and do? And for some people, they won't actually make any money from their event, but the action that their guests then go on to take, that's where they're going to make their financial gain. Mm. But if you don't have that set from the very beginning, like if you're not thinking in that way from the Mm. start, then it's going to be really hard for you to track that down the line. Yeah. Yeah. So let's break it down a little bit. So we were talking about obviously purpose, goals, ROI, and call to action, which is a great little framework too. Um, and so what sort of purposes? So what, like, what would be the purpose of different events? Like, Mm. why would I run them? Yes. So, so for example, if you want to run networking events, right? So the purpose for running a networking event might be that the purpose of this event is to be seen as a leader in my community by bringing women in business together to network or expand their professional network. So it's a very specific purpose that has an impact on your business. It's -hmm. your visibility, right? So that's, that's one of the purposes that you might have if you're running a networking event. But if you want to run an event where you want to be seen as a industry expert in your field and you want to educate your audience on a particular topic, well, then you might want to run a conference or a seminar, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there are two purposes with two very clear event outcomes that you can do. Um, if you want to run a retreat, you know, maybe that's more of you with the purpose of building those really strong relationships within your community, very intimate. It's a very intimate setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just yeah. community building as well. So I guess that networking, but for me, sometimes it's just to kind of pour love on my community and get them mm. together and help them build like stronger relationships. And for me, I think, so supper club is like one of the events that I host and it's not, there's really no profit there, but it's fun. It gets my community together again. It makes me feel more connected to them as well. And also like a lot of people bring new people. So it is kind of a networking slash community love on is kind of how I think about it. Um, So the last one that we just had, yeah, there were loads of new people, which was great. It is great. But I mean, like that's amazing. And for you, there's no harm in having a real deep thought process into how this event is going to impact your business in a positive way, Mm -hmm. right? So for me, it's about um, helping people understand that we don't do anything for nothing, right? We are in business and running these networking events are going to help you in your business in some varying Mm -hmm. way, but it's about having that intention, yeah. So really thinking about it, thinking about it, documenting that, writing it down, and it'll really help you in your event planning process when you're making decisions because you can always go back to your purpose. Okay, well, this was my purpose. These are the things that I want to achieve. So therefore, I'm going to choose this venue or this caterer or I'm going to have this event format or whatever it might be. Mm. So it just helps you in the planning of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's just pick one. So for example, let's say we're running a conference, Mm. what sort of goals, because obviously if the purpose is to be seen as an industry expert, you know, something like that, then what sort of goals would you be setting for the event? 
Yeah. So we want to set really specific and measurable goals and um, very targeted as well. And so I love to use that SMART framework, you know, the very specific, measurable, attainable, relevant and time bound, right? It's a great framework for setting goals. But if you're running a conference because you want to be seen as an industry expert, right? One of the goals might be to generate a certain amount of leads, Mm -hmm. right? And so if you have, you know, 50 people in the room and you think, okay, 50 people, I think that it's realistic for me to maybe attain five or six leads, whatever it might be. That gives you a really clear path on how to achieve that because you know the time that you've got in that room, you're going to get up on the stage, you're going to speak, you're going to share your knowledge and your wisdom, and you're really going to inspire people and people are going to get to know you and that you're going to build that trust. But it's what you do throughout the rest of the event that might help you capture those leads. So that might be one of the goals that you have and that will drive the way you shape the experience. So you might think, okay, I want to be able to capture six new leads. There needs to be time for me to go on and build that relationship with people. So I want to have this particular, I want to have maybe an hour of networking somewhere in there. So therefore you can get on the floor and you can start talking to people, right? And then it's like, it's identifying the few people that you want to follow up with and just make sure that you give them the information on how we can keep that relationship going. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And so what, like, so what other goals could you have? So you've got say leads, Leads. is there anything else? Like what else would you have? Well, you could have so many goals, right? So you can have like (laughs) your goals. Just give me a couple. Your yeah. goals are endless, right? <laughs> but you might, if you run regular events, one of your mm-hmm. goals might be to increase the attendance, mm-hmm. right? So it might be increasing the attendance from the last few times that you've run your event. But what I love about these goals, when they're really quantifiable, you can actually measure the success of each goal. And success isn't always just at the extreme ends of a pass or a fail, like there's so many varying varying degrees of success. So say, for example, if we go back to that leads example, my goal was to get six, but I only got three. Well, you were 50% successful, mm, right? Yeah. So it's it's about going back to all your goals and then just really being able to measure the success of them. Okay, great. And so once we've decided what our purpose is, decided what our goals are, when we're looking at the ROI, mm-hmm. how are we measuring that? So you've sort of just mentioned it there where if you wanted to have six leads but you only got three, then that's obviously a measurable thing. What yeah. else are you looking for on ROI? So you're looking for feedback from your attendees, mm-hmm. right, and asking very specific questions, trying to get that data to you to work out, you know, the level of success and if you've achieved that purpose or not. Um, but events are a people's a people's game, right? Mm. So it's about these relationships. And so you can you can't just have one event and then expect your guests or your attendees to go off and do the thing. It's about starting off with that, um, building that relationship and then going away and, you know, chipping away at it as it is, hosting mm-hmm. more events, getting in front of them more often and things like that. So, um, so yeah, definitely getting feedback from people and having a very clear call to action. What do you mm-hmm. want them to go and do? 
And so what sort of calls to action have you worked with your clients on? Yeah. So if they, so if I work with clients and they have, um, you know, their coaches and they're running, they're having an, a, a launch or course coming up. Um, so one of the calls to action would be for their guests to go and look into the course that they're running, right? Or to join their mailing list or to opt in for something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even uh, like even when I've run events and I've had speakers that have come, Mm. then sometimes that's something that we discuss as well. Like if they've got a freebie for people. um, So I guess as a speaker within an event, that is also like a a call to action that they could have as well. But yeah, I love that. So opt in, which means obviously it's a great list building opportunity too. Yeah. And what's what's the natural next step that you want them to take basically to keep yeah. this relationship going? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Anything else that you're doing like with events that we need to be thinking about? So I guess it's just looking at, you know, how do we know which events to run in our business? So if you're looking mm-hmm. at your business from a strategic perspective, mm-hmm. then what are the sorts of questions we should be asking ourselves? Mm-hmm before we kind of make that decision? Well, before you make that decision, I think you really need to look at your client base and look at your target market as well, right? Mm -hmm. And you need to see whether um, running an event would would work for your business. Will it benefit your business? Uh, Is your audience into that? Are they into this? Are they into doing face-to-face events and things like that? So it's just about working out, you know, if that's, going to be part of your business model if your audience is going to respond to that um, Mm. firstly and then just thinking about the very many ways that the events can have an impact on your business Mm. yeah and I think the other thing is that you know I think it's also depending on you your energy what you love to do where you feel you shine as well because obviously if you're like I don't really like events Mm. then maybe events aren't Absolutely. for your business. But also if you're the type of person that's maybe a little bit more introverted Mm -hmm. and you're thinking, oh, I can't imagine getting up on a stage, right? Well, you you can still run an event. You can run a conference and you can have some really incredible speakers up on that stage. It's a reflection on you because you are showcasing other people up on your stage and it's the event is still circulated around your brand essentially. So Mm -hmm. there are always ways to do it. And also, as I was saying before, with um, attendee levels are are, are a bit low. I love intimate events. Mm. I love small events. So if you feel like you can't get up in front of a crowd of 80 to 100 people, that's okay. Have 10, 15 or collaborate with someone else and do a joint event, take the pressure off yourself, mm. you know. But it's really important to think of all the very many ways that you can get out there and get in front of your people mm. and build those relationships, you know. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, when I started my business and I didn't really have a personal brand in the entrepreneurial space, I just, yeah, I just started you know, I'd have a workshop with five people and then I'd have a workshop with seven people on specific things like becoming a speaker Mm -hmm. or building your personal brand or whatever else. And obviously over time that grew, but I think, yeah, I think that sometimes 
we feel like it either has to be big or it's not worth it. Absolutely. And I just think that, you know, it's fine to start small and grow to however big you want it to be. I absolutely agree. You know, I had a um, conversation with a friend of mine and she was running her first event and she emails me and she's like, I just, I'm not getting the registrations that I want. And I'm like, well, how many do you have? And she said, 20. I go, 20? That's amazing. Mm. Like 20 is great. That's 20 people that have bought a ticket to come to your event. Like how amazing is that? She's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, think of all the things you could do with 20 people. Yeah. I think the thing is like you're creating the space and the time for however many people are in the room, right? Yeah. And so 20 people may not sound like a lot, but that's 20 people who are engaged with you and your brand and they've carved out the time to spend it with you. So it's not a question of, oh, my God, only 20 people, how can I get more? It's a question of what am I going to do in the time that I have with these 20 people to get them to take the action that I've already thought about for them to take? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And I'd love to talk about cost. So mm. I'd love to talk mm. about pricing events, cost of events. So I think it's really interesting as well is that that's something I, I'm just nosy when it comes to events, actually. And I was been looking at, I've been looking for events more recently. And so I just started like a Facebook group called Melbourne Women in Business Events for no other purpose than just to curate events so people can tell me what's going on mm-hmm. um, as well. But I, it's always really interesting around costs. So I have seen... I guess smaller numbers at a much higher cost. So I've seen a couple of workshops, things like that, that have probably been $800 to $1,000 plus for the day. Uh, And so what have you seen when it comes to pricing of events? Mm. Uh, Do you think that it's changed much since before COVID or do you think that like it's different now? Like what, Mm. what have you seen? Yeah, I think it's always interesting when you're thinking about pricing a ticket. Um, it really depends on the level of experience that you're mm. offering to the attendee. Like you really need to take that into account, um, but you need to position it, right? So, you know, what I find is I think that sometimes we are trying to create an ex- a particular experience that costs a lot of money to put on. Mm. And so therefore, obviously your, um, your ticket price is going to go higher, but I, there needs to be a lot more thought in the back end as to, okay, well, is that, is that what my audience wants? Like, what is it that my audience actually wants from this event? Right. So if you do price the ticket high, you might not get as many people as you expected. Mm. right and then you've still got your venue costs you've still got your catering you've still got your photographer that you're paying for and all the other things that you're doing so it's really about at the front thinking really um clearly about what it is that your audience wants Mm. right but um in terms of like buyer behavior or consumer behavior Yes, I think that people are really counting their pennies <laughs> now. And I think that, you know, we hear that it's a, we're about to get into a really tough time. So I wonder whether maybe attending an event might be seen as a bit of a luxury mm. um, instead of it being a professional development 
exercise in a way. So it just really depends on how you're positioning your event and how you're marketing your event yeah. and how you're communicating that to your audience. Um, so yeah, definitely have a think about that. But yes, we have noticed that people aren't as willing to pay really top money for events. Yeah, it's really interesting. I just think, like, I mean, obviously we go in ups and downs with mm-hmm. all of this and, yeah, I I love seeing events. I think that, you know, it's just, it's interesting because it's kind of like a lot of us have probably got a certain price in our minds as to, well, if it's $350, $450, like that's totally fine. If it's mm-hmm. like $750, $850, $1,000, mm-hmm. then I'm probably thinking twice. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, it depends on who the event is. Like I'm going to Tony Robbins in September and I think that was about $1,000 a ticket, obviously, plus um, travel and all of that. But once again, it's just like a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So I think that people will find the money if they want something. But like you said, it is about the positioning, um, which leads me on to the marketing element. What do you think works when it comes to marketing events and what do we need to be thinking about now when it comes to marketing as well? Mm. What are you seeing that's working? I think what I see what I see that is working is more of that community feel, right? Mm-hmm. So it's about creating that experience that's for you and um, you want to be a part of this and you want to be a part of this community basically. So I'm seeing a lot of that um, with in terms of the marketing and just really... It's about making sure that your um, your audience knows the experience they're in for and then going back to making sure that's what you know your audience wants. Mm. So it's all about pulling together the puzzle, the event puzzle, and making sure it all fits. So, yeah, definitely just communicating the experience and what people are going to get out of it, what to expect when they're there, um, and, you know, generating that buzz of joining and being a part of this great experience and this great community. Mm. And do you find, like, obviously, like if I was running an event that I would email my list, I'd talk about it on socials, um, I'd potentially run ads as well, obviously for local, wherever I was having it. Are they the main three things that you're seeing people do? Is there anything else that's working? Yeah. Yeah, definitely those main things, but also collaborating. Mm -hmm. So expanding your audience by collaborating with others um, and very um, carefully picking your suppliers as well because they come with their own audiences too Mm. Um, and really showcasing that, like that an event isn't just one person. It's a whole group of people coming together to provide this experience for you. So if you can leverage off other like your suppliers um, lists and things like that and maybe have more of a collaborative approach too. Uh, I think that really um, just opens up your event to a whole new audience. Mm. And I love I love collaboration and I think that for events it works particularly well. So um, anytime that you can collaborate with another brand, it just lifts that experience for your guests, makes it just that little bit extra special and a little bit unique as well. I love it. So good. So Lisa, is there anything else that we need to be thinking about or know when it comes to events that you want to leave us with? Well, I think I I think that we should all start thinking about 
the power of events and what events can do for our business. And events come in all shapes and forms. They don't have to be big budget two-day conferences with hundreds of people. Like I said, they can be really small, intimate events. It could be lunches or dinners or just, you know, very small, intimate networking events as well. So it's always worth thinking about your audience and thinking about all the ways that you can connect with them. And face-to-face events are just the best way to connect, connect Mm. your brand, connect yourself with your audience as well. And I think it just speeds up that relationship building with them. So yes, absolutely have a really good think about how events can help you in your business. Amazing. Well, you know, I love a good event. I'm always there, there Mm -hmm. with bells on. Uh, So, so good. And so where can my audience connect with you? I'm on Instagram. You can find me at The Blonde Campaign and I offer so many tips, you know, to help you all plan out your events um, and also some fun bits and pieces along the way. I like to showcase the events that I run for my clients. They're always fun. I'm always doing something fun, actually. I'm always buzzing around town. I the best. I (laughs) love following following your Insta because I'm like, where's that? Where's that? That looks amazing. I need to remember that place. I know. It's so cool. Yeah, very lucky. Yeah, amazing. So good. Well, thanks so much for hanging out on the podcast and giving us all of the event tips. Thank you, Suze. It's been a pleasure. I love it. You're so welcome. So are events on your to-do list? Is it something you'd love to be able to do? Well, definitely go and follow Lisa. She gives some great tips. If you're looking for somebody to manage your events, then get in contact with her. Make sure that you follow her at the Blonde Campaign on Instagram as well. But I know she's doing some great event management and events are back. We're a little bit, you know, a little bit nervous in the process of getting events back, but it's exciting to see them back. So make sure you connect with her. Hope you got a lot out of the podcast and I'll see you next week.